Prologue. 14th October 1944. Late afternoon, Hildesheim, Germany. Why do people die, Mama? I went over to where he stood and put my arms around him. Klaus pushed me away. The man Papa works for, has he really died? How could I explain the horror of it all to a seven-year-old boy? But I could not lie to him. Yes, I think the man your papa works for, the field marshal, he is dead. But why, Mama, why do people die? I think sometimes God wants them to come and live with him. I hoped this would help him to understand. But doesn't God want everybody to come and live with him? Yes, he does, but special people, he might want those to live with him earlier. And that is when God has to make a quick decision, you see. You mean like when he wanted Inga to come and live with him, even though we wanted Inga to stay here with us? Yes, Klaus. Just like it was with Inga. I had to look away. I did not want him to realize how hard it was not to cry. But my papa, my papa, he will come home he said, and went back into the kitchen to join the other children. 14th October 1944, lunchtime, Herlingen, Germany. They walked side by side, heads bent down, the two men speaking quietly. They took their time and went ahead towards the small woodland at the top of the hill, General Burgdorf to his left. Field Marshal Rommel now did most of the talking, holding his Field Marshal's baton tightly under his left arm. Occasionally, the baton touched General Bergdorf's uniform when the Field Marshal turned to him whilst speaking. Both men gathered speed now, their strides increasing in length, as if they just remembered there was an appointment to be kept, and they did not dare to arrive late. The dark green car which drove them there was standing in the open space at the edge of the forest. They assumed General Meisel and the driver were still in sight. General Burkdorf had ignored orders for the second time today. Firstly, just after breakfast, when the dark green car he travelled in parked outside the field marshal's house and, in direct defiance of his orders, he told General Meisel and the driver to stay in the car. He pretended not to see the surprised look on Meisel's face, got out and took the few steps toward the front entrance. The field marshal must have seen the car approaching and greeted him at the door. General Burgdorf felt he owed it to the field marshal to deliver the Führer's decision in private and to give the field marshal time to compose himself before he told his wife and son. Burgdorf looked out of the hall window whilst the field marshal went upstairs. He heard the muffled cries of the field marshal's wife coming from upstairs, her door closing, and footsteps on the staircase. The field marshal's son accompanied his father outside. Field marshal Rommel hugged him one last time, whispered to him, and kissed him on the head. Meisel was still in the car, but the driver held the door open for field marshal Rommel, who took the seat at the back. 
Bergdorf climbed in and sat beside him. Now, contrary to his orders, Bergdorf agreed to the field marshal's request for a last walk in the woods. It was here that he used to hunt rabbits and deer with his son Manfred on the days he was back from the front. Hunting had been their excuse to spend time together, just father and son. They would sit at the edge of the clearing, marveling at a deer grazing, or the occasional stag sniffing at the morning mist. Not a word would be spoken then, sitting still and hoping the animals would not get their scent. Now both men entered the forest. The field marshal stopped and took several deep breaths, filling his lungs with the smell of the tall pine trees which now shielded them from view. It is time, field marshal. Is this what it has come down to? Ten minutes with my family was all I was allowed. It will be painless and quick. General Bogdorf put his hand into his jacket pocket and took out a small capsule, opened his hand and showed it to the field marshal. By painless, I assume that you mean no physical pain? Bergdorf, do I have your word about my family? You have my word. I will see to it myself. But we must return to the car now. I can see the Waffen-SS striding towards us. Field Marshal Rommel turned towards the car in the distance and started walking down the hill towards it. Bergdorf nodded to Meisel and the driver. Both of them got out of the car and walked away. Field Marshal Rommel took his seat again at the back with Bergdorf next to him, and the Field Marshal took the small capsule from Bergdorf's outstretched hand. The radio announcement started with the somber military funeral march. Citizens of the German Reich, it is my painful duty to inform you that Field Marshal Erwin Rommel has, on this day, the 14th of October, 1944, succumbed to his injuries sustained in an attack by the British Air Force in France in July of this year. A state funeral will be held in Ulm on the 18th of October. Our Führer expressed his sorrow and has sent his sympathy to the Field Marshal's family. Our Führer, in his statement, proclaimed that the country has lost one of the greatest officers of all time. 14th October, 1944, late afternoon, Hildesheim, Germany. The announcement was still ringing in my ears. Earlier on, we had heard the rumors at the school gate when we collected the children at the end of the day. I refused to believe what the other mothers had heard. Maria, this cannot be true. How could it? We have previously heard Rommel was recovering well. She looked at me with concern. What if it is true, Hilda? What if he is dead? The field marshal cannot be dead. Has time not shown him to be invincible? Back at our apartment, Frau Bucke had not heard anything about it. Klaus went upstairs to ask her to come down. She came running, taking two steps at a time. What do you mean, Field Marshal Rommel is dead? She asked, out of breath. Maria, meanwhile, had found the broadcast from the front line station, which was giving daily updates of what was happening in various parts of the world where our troops were fighting their battles. 
we would normally not tune into this broadcast. Most of it was propaganda. But if there was any truth to this rumor, this station would have to report it. After we had heard the announcement, there was total silence in the room. Klaus had rejoined Renata, Karl Heinz, Hugo, and Manfred at the kitchen table where they sat with their slices of bread and glasses of milk. Finally, Frau Böcker spoke. Hilda, what will happen to us all? As long as the field marshal was alive, there was hope, don't you think? I hardly heard what she said. I was looking towards the kitchen window as my mind drifted back.